This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Rage, rage, rage at the dying of the light. So I want both of those. I've had a little bit of rage already, but maybe I could use a little more. But mostly I want to go serenely, feeling I've had a pretty good life. Since time, it's time. So that's uh, doing it with dignity, if you want to call it that. And we welcome you to this edition of Tuesday People, the podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Album, the author of the book Tuesdays with Maury, upon which this podcast is inspired, and it's 25 years since that book came out, and we're celebrating that and the lessons that still seem to resonate and make a lot of sense that I learned by Maury's side as he was dying from Lou Gehrig's disease, and we had a chance to take one last class together and what's really important in life once you really know you're going to die, and that's particularly pertinent to today's show. I want to say hi to Lisa Goitsch, my friend and producer of the program. Lisa, good to see you as always. Always nice to see you. And Lisa had an idea for a podcast based on the uh, sad death of Twitch, who was a, uh, a personality in the, in the television world. He was on the Ellen program for a while and was, by all accounts, uh, a really upbeat, happy personality. And people were astonished when they found out that he took his own life. This, sadly, is is not a new pattern. There are people who, on the outside, seem totally together and perfectly happy, even upbeat, even encouraging to other people. And then suddenly you find out too late that they were going through all kinds of things privately. So we thought we would talk about this, particularly because at the holidays, where we find ourselves now, the, the rates of suicide, sadly, go up traditionally. And so... We asked a guest to join us. Bethany Marshall is in a private practice in the Southern California area. You may have seen her on many different media programs, Good Morning America, Fox News, CNN, etc. She's worked on books. She has more degrees than there are years in her life. I I don't (laughs) know how uh, looking at her, she doesn't look old enough to have all these various master's degrees, doctorate degrees and the like. But uh, she's an expert in this area, and we're happy to have her joining us. Bethany, thank you for coming on with us. It's great to be on the show. Thanks, Mitch. So first of all, that notion of how on earth could that person have committed suicide? He was so happy. Talk about how often that actually happens and what's behind it. It happens more often than you would think. Uh, Suicide is the leading preventable cause of death in the United States, Uh, accounts for um, a leading cause of death uh, amongst children ages 5 to 11, again, young adults ages 25 to 35. But what you're pointing out is this phenomenon. Think about Anthony Bourdain 
Kate Spade, a Robin Williams, these people at the height of their businesses and their career, and they seemingly inexplicably end their lives. How do we account for that dichotomy between the outer appearance and the inward world, at world their internal worlds? And one way to think about it is the more talented, social, gregarious, educated, or smart a person is, the more they can erect or put a veneer around a very fragile, vulnerable interior. So let's say if you have somebody in your household who maybe lives in a marginal way, they're low functioning, they have obvious psychiatric issues, you're going to know if that person wants to prematurely end their life. But if they're the captain of industry, that's where it gets a little trickier. But you know, you can be super smart, talented, you can be a celebrity, but you can still have the risk factors for suicide. Well, I think people so, people hearing what you just said would probably respond by saying, well, yeah, the people who have wealth and fame and celebrity, um, of course, they don't show you that they might be, be considering suicide because if I had all that, suicide would be the last thing that I would be considering, you know, the, the, as if that's a buffer to suicide. But I imagine you can explain that that veneer, and that's a good word because the veneer is, is an outer shell of something, that has nothing to do with the internal things that drive people to take their own lives. Yes. You know, the smarter, the more beautiful, the more fabulous you are, the more you can cover up the horribleness of one's internal world that leads to suicide. So those risk factors are depression, mental illness, alcohol and substance abuse-related disorders, lack of social support, a family history of suicide, and sadly, as we see uh, all too often in our nation, access to firearms and other lethal means. Yeah. I want to ask you, I've known people, sadly, who, who took their lives and families who had members who took their lives. And frequently for the survivors, the most awful thing is that they try to go back on a timeline and and identify where there was a warning sign that they somehow missed. And if they only could have intervened at that point, then the person wouldn't have slid all the way down. Does it work like that, Bethany? Or is there is there kind of a marker timeline thing that people notice with people who end up taking their lives as depression or or whatever it is that's bothering them starts to pull them down. Are there markers on that line that people might be able to identify and and see it as a warning sign? Yes and no. If somebody in your your world or your family has prematurely ended their life, and I like to use that phrase rather than suicide, because when people who are at risk hear the word suicide, it often galvanizes them to want to end their own life. So when we use a different word, it becomes it, it it's less uh, apt to inspire that that copycat phenomena. But the yes and no is if somebody in your life um, has uh, terminate somebody in your world has terminated their life, the first step is telling yourself that it is not your fault. Nor usually they will have hidden the desire and the motivations from you. However, in my field, we sometimes see the signs. And a very brief story is a teaching case of mine came to me, a patient of mine many years ago. She had had complex trauma during her childhood. Her mother 
uh, loved her sister and kind of hated her, fed the, fed the sister lavish meals, but deprived my patient of food. Oh, jeez. Um, so she has trauma, right? Trauma history. Um, then she isolated herself socially throughout her adult life. Whenever things got too difficult, she would say to herself, I don't care. I just don't care. So I didn't recognize at the time that that was the precursor to suicidality. She was beginning to cut off social support. She was in a relationship with a young man who broke up with her precipitously. She took a bunch of pills, almost died. Thank God she was calling me as she was going into a benzodiazepine phase. Haze. She took a, a bunch of sleeping pills. I called 911. Uh, they saved her life, hospitalized her. But as you can see in that story, it was death by a thousand cuts. It was a slow breakdown over time. And often we see trauma histories and psychiatric issues in people who end their lives. But it might be difficult for the casual observer to observe what 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 is trauma? What is a psychiatric issue? These are these are complex things that uh, professionals are trained to observe, but they're often hidden from family members and friends. Right, and often too, it's like chemical, right? I mean, it's chemical chemicals in our own bodies that cause us to feel certain ways at certain times. So you can't see that. You don't know when those are off balance, right? Lisa, that is so appropriate and smart what you just said because you think of somebody who has a mood disorder they swing from mania to depression or they're anxious you know we have people all around us who have extreme anxiety but they don't show it on their faces they're not like twitching all over the place you know so it's very difficult to read and people with psychiatric issues get used to covering it up that's really the important point so that's why the guidelines if you know somebody that you think is at risk, it's so important to say to them, are you thinking of ending your life? The, the popular fear is that, oh, if I suggest it, they'll want to do it. Actually, the research shows that the opposite is true. It's like you take the wind out of their suicidal sails if you say, are you thinking about doing it? Because what are you doing? You're establishing a connection and the connection with people around them neutralizes the need to end their life. That is the most powerful thing you can do. Wow. Is to establish that, that, a connection. That's that's really interesting that a connection and I think of it almost as like throwing a life raft, a life preserver to someone establishes a connection between you, the water and the person in the water. Yes. We'll be back with more Tuesday people right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's interesting to note that Maury, who got a death sentence with ALS, uh, 
was asked, and I asked him uh, multiple times, if he ever considered assisted suicide, which some people have had ALS, uh, particularly in states like Oregon and places where it's, it's, it's legal and there aren't the barriers to it that there are elsewhere. Uh, that's the route that they've taken because they know it's a death sentence and it's a horrible, decaying mm-hmm. disease. And the fact that Maury didn't consider it, really didn't give it more than a second's thought, was because, just as you said, Bethany, of his connections. He said there would be too many people that would be heartbroken if I did that. I wouldn't do that to them. And I wonder if that's one of the things that, and I want to ask you if there are others, that you find as a common denominator amongst people who commit suicide, that they don't have that many people in their lives that they feel would miss them. Don't have those connections with the people that they think, well, I can't do this to them, even though I'm feeling bad about myself. Because that, Maury had every reason physically to say, what's the point? I'm going to be gone in two years and it's going to be a miserable two years. You know, I could just end it now while I'm still, I don't have to suffer and don't have to go all those things. But the thing that kept him were, were these connections with other human beings. So is that one of the kind of uh, common denominators, as I say, of people who do end up taking their lives that they don't have what Maury had? Yes, absolutely. So think about the person who dies well versus the person who suicides. The person who dies well dies surrounded by loved ones in a community, in an interconnected, loving web of relationships with other people. What does the person do who, who suicides? What did Twitch do? He, he walked away from his home. He found a hotel room. Um, how isolating is that? He used a gun, so he didn't even think about disfigurement, or there was no thought to the people who would find him, um, the, the people who would have to clean the room, um, people who were the 911 callers. I mean, people who end their lives in this way are completely cut off. It, this is the mm-hmm. irony. They cut themselves off in order to kill themselves, but they want to kill themselves because they are cut, cut off. off. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the other sequela, you know, the other risk factors, substance abuse is way up there. But we know people who are at, who have substance abuse issues often are isolated from help too. And and what is the best form of help for substance abuse? 12-step, actually, believe it or not, it's not scientifically verified and a lot of debate about this in the academic community, but when, when someone with substance abuse meets with other people, they get better. What is it? It's the attachment. It's the relationship. That's mm-hmm. what heals all of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the basis of, of AA. Yeah. Um, yes, I, I notice in your background that you have, and I say you have more degrees than, than I have fingers, you, you have a master's of divinity uh, from Fuller Theological Seminary. Do you find any correlation, plus, minus, or whatever, between faith, people who have faith, and, and the people who end up taking their own lives? Well, one of the primary features of suicidality is hopelessness and despair. And what do people of faith, what do they think about? What do we think about? It's, it's hope in something and faith in something outside of ourselves. So you think, think of that as a part of our evolutionary biological heritage, that as a, as a species, we survive better in groups and in systems. So 
faith in something outside yourself, or you can broaden it to a spiritual perspective, which is is that hope that something from the outside, outside of yourself, but also an internal source or resiliency, or in the Christian world, they may call it the Holy Spirit, can come and pull you into a better space. So yes, I think faith is so important. It's it's not what you have faith in. I'm not promoting any one particular God, but um, the idea that there is something beyond oneself, but not only oneself, one's own capabilities, God within and God without, right? Mm-hmm. The, the little gods we have all around us are our loved ones. And then the God within, the Christian faith, we call it the Holy Spirit. Again, I'm not advocating Christianity necessarily. I'm just saying that this is in our collective common wisdom that 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 faith in something versus isolation is therapeutic. It's also one of the pillars of AA, uh, turning yourself over to a higher power. So it's probably why, because that works. Do you know what I mean? When you're looking outside of yourself and not inward. Well, it keeps you from sinking lower, I think, and in both cases, that's accurate. Bethany, it's just- real briefly from a, a practical perspective, l- let's say there's no God and all of our religion would just throw it out the window. Well, people of faith do have, uh, they have rabbis and pastors and they gather in communities. So if nothing else, if faith is making you connect to other people, there's going to be some therapeutic benefit. Right. Assuming, assuming you take advantage of those things in your faith. Yes. At this time of year, speaking of faith, the holidays, it's, it always seems ironic to people that this is the, you know, maybe the highest time of year for people taking their own lives because the holidays are supposed to be so cheerful. Why, why is that the case? The reason that we have this uh, heightened idealism about the holidays is that most of us are trying to recreate the magic of our childhood. And most of us in some pathological way, I think, feel that our parents let us down, that we didn't get what was owed to us or what we deserved. So we end up trying to recreate it again and again for ourselves. But I'm going to quote the work of Sonia Lubaborski, who is out of Redlands. She's one of the leading researchers on happiness. And she, in her lab, um, they have identified six factors that lead to happiness and one factor is gratitude, feeling grateful. Counting your blessings is another. Living this day as if it's your last. Savoring and replaying happy moments. Acting more extroverted and open than you really are. And then the work of Mona Fishbane, she's in her 80s now, but she's a, she writes, writes about the neurobiology of attachment. She's a leading researcher, really celebrated in my field. And she writes that we, in our Western culture, we have this ideal of autonomy and individuality, but in reality, we were not wired to live that way, and that promotes poor mental health. So reconnecting to our parents and our family members is what promotes good mental health. It it buffers us. I I don't, don't know if that completely answers your questions, but to take it back to the holidays, the, one of the good things the holidays do for all of us is they connect us with loved ones, whether it's giving a gift or, 
you know, going caroling from house to house and getting to know your neighbors. So there's the upside and the downside. The downside is idealization and wanting this magical whoosh rush. The the upside is is the reconnection and the meaning that comes through reconnection. Well, are the are the heightened suicides at this time of year then reflective of people who don't feel those connections or don't feel that they're getting to recreate the holiday better for themselves or do they just feel that other people are enjoying it and they're not and they feel locked out of the holiday uh, season you know especially the commercialization of it where every commercial you look at has all these happy people with scarves and out in the snow giving each other new cars right. and everything it's really <laughs> really easy to feel like well that's not my world but that must be everybody else's and I don't belong and so you know I don't want to be here anymore Mitch, you just described something beautifully that I'm going to put a clinical term to, which is that people who are at vulnerable or vulnerable to suicide are narcissistically vulnerable, meaning that everything, they're fragile, everything hurts their feelings. So if they see a happy family together on TV, instead of saying, oh, I'm going to call my parents, they're like, well, they have a happy family and I don't. Yeah. Or, you see what I'm saying? Or in, instead of like, oh, I got invited to the Christmas party. I'm going to go and like talk to my friends and coworkers. They're like, well, everybody else is enjoying each other. I, I'm not a part of the group. So it's that narcissistic vulnerability that even you may have people all, all around you who love you, but if you cannot take it in. So from a psychodynamic perspective, I'm a psychoanalyst primarily is what I do now. It's not just that you don't have people reaching out to you, but when they do, you block them off for fear of being hurt. That's why one of the number one things you do if you have somebody in your life who you feel is suicidal is you say directly, are you thinking about taking your life? That that bridges that gap so it makes that connection hold. Yeah. Well, that's really good advice. And I, I know that those of you listening probably didn't think that coming in, that asking the question point blank, are you thinking of taking your life, might actually prevent somebody from doing that. But we've learned a, a really good lesson there, along with a lot of other things uh, from our guests. Bethany, I, we could talk to you for hours about this. Uh, I hope you consider coming back on with us at a, at a later time yeah, when we have good. more time. Thank you and, and best for the holidays to you. Thank you, Mitch. Yeah, Bethany, thank you so much for joining us. Bethany Marshall been our guest. We enjoyed it. Uh, we hope you got something out of this here and can turn something sad into something positive. Um, we do this every week. And so uh, we encourage you to check out our website at wetuesdaypeople.com. You can find out all about our previous shows and discussion groups, etc. cetera. And uh, until we get a chance to talk to you again, on behalf of Lisa Goich, I'm Mitch Album saying, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday People.